Hi, welcome to Friarside Chats. I'm your host, Emma Miller, with Father Michael Martin, of course. How are you doing, Em? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, considering. Yes, we're, we're, we've got some issues that we're dealing with, so <laughs> the considering is a good, uh, a good line. Yes, uh, so for those of you who may not know, uh, we're in a little bit of a transition phase in the Duke Catholic Center. We have uh, dispersed across the campus right now while we wait for our new offices to be completed. That's correct. So we are, we are a little bit homeless, a little bit stateless, but uh, uh, we're enduring well. We're enduring well this time. So yeah, just itinerance. Itinerance, yes. Take some uh, creativity and some patience. Sure. So much patience. And even more patience. And even more patience after that. Yeah, but, um, no, you know, we were, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be, but Correct. when we first found out we were going to be dislocated or... Displaced. Displaced. Displaced <laughs> for at least a month, we all kind of, like, freaked out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, it's hard when you're working on a team and you can't all be in the same location together. You can't have meetings or like discuss stuff as simply, um, but we've been making do. We have. Yeah. And I think some of the other, you know, there are, there are a zillion little uh, small details like where's the mail going to, you know, and what printer will my, you know, will my laptop, mm-hmm. you know, link up to and all that as we're in all these different locations. Yeah. So lots of little details like that, that um, can sometimes, you know, overwhelm, you yeah. know, and they and, all add up to being like, what the heck is going on right, with my right. work life? And, you know, at a time when here we are approaching the beginning of the academic year, when we really want to be focusing on our ministry and welcoming new <laughs> students and all that. And we find ourselves kind of locked in a lot of logistics, but mm-hmm. that dynamic is really the dynamic that so many students and so many people experience all mm-hmm. the time, that sense of, you know, I, I'm, I'm moving into a new place mm-hmm. or I have to move again or, you know, I'm only going to be here temporarily. And so mm-hmm. that sense of uh, not not being um, locked into one location is probably a good spiritual exercise for us. Yeah, I've certainly been reflecting a bit on uh, that passage in Luke where Jesus says the foxes have dens and the birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to rest his head. That's right. Um I feel like I feel like that a little bit, but I take, you know, some peace and some solace in knowing like, oh, that's what that's what Jesus's experience was. Sure. I should not be like so upset that for a single month, really. Yeah. We... Well, or, or, or it could be longer. We're sure, still not sure <laughs> when we're moving in. But... <laughs> that's true. That's true. It all depends on construction right. and everyone knows how that goes. That's right. Um, I think the other, you know, sort of <clears throat> a scriptural passage as I reflect on the concept of itinerancy or, mm-hmm. or not, you know, necessarily having a place, yeah. you know. Uh, I think of um, the disciples in the upper room when, um, you know, when the descent of the Holy Spirit came down upon them. And what did they have? I mean, other they could stay in their room, locked in the upper room, or pow, get out there and go do it, you know. And, and so they didn't necessarily have a place to go. They just went out. And, and so, okay, I gotta just go out. I gotta get out there and be, be amidst the students and make it happen somehow. That is scary. I know, I know. Because <laughs> you wanna scary. you wanna retreat into the upper room. You wanna you, have a office. home base yeah. where you can go back and be comfortable yeah. and relax, with like your stuff. recharge with your stuff. Oh yeah. gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right that that's like that's something that 
we encounter an experience that we encounter over and over again in our lives, whether it's like coming to a new campus and starting new and feeling like, I mean, it's just not home for you yet. So you don't feel comfortable or maybe socially you feel like you're on the outside, like you don't have a place to lay your head up, you know, community. So what are, um, like, what are some ways we can kind of re- rethink about this dynamic a little bit sure get comfortable with itinerancy right um it's interesting that you use the word comfort because what we're really (laughs) doing is we're getting comfortable with the the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know and this is where i think um you know the in the church's tradition the mendicant orders you know the the what does that mean itinerant preachers uh, in in particular the franciscans um the dominicans as well but the i think the franciscans um that was you know that's the heart of francis of assisi was to Mm -hmm. say um hey let's not rely on the trappings Mm -hmm. of comfort to make to define our lives and to be our life's goal to constantly create a comfortable location for myself Mm -hmm. where I can um, constantly retreat back into, but rather let me embrace discomfort uh, for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of all the people in the world who are uncomfortable all the time and particularly the poor. Mm -hmm. And so while we're finding ourselves in a relative state of discomfort, and I use the word relative because you know, compared because, to the world, exactly. Yes. I mean, we, we our issues are so minuscule, but as as that's our dynamic in this moment, can we say, I embrace this discomfort first and foremost without complaint, mm-hmm. without complaint? Mm-hmm. Can I get there? You know, that every time I wanna, I wanna, you know, cry about. Why is this happening to me? Rather, can I say, I know this is happening to people around the world who Mm. are being displaced by war, who are being displaced by, um, you know, a parent who's thrown them out of the house Mm -hmm. and doesn't understand them, who's being displaced by natural disaster, you know. Mm -hmm. And and so, Lord, in my one small corner of the world where, where I'm a little uncomfortable, may my discomfort in some way unite me with these people around the world that um, that uh, are going through something far greater than I, and may it be a way for me to realize that this is not my home. Mm. This is not my home. Yeah. That my home, I'm destined for something beyond this world. I'm not creating, you know, a place to lay my head here. Mm-hmm. I want an eternal home, that that's where I, I really want to be. Mm. That's such a hard, um, you know, anytime you hear, you know, the gospel passage where it's the rich young man who asks Jesus what he has to do. And Jesus says, give everything you have away and come and follow me. Or when you read about the lives of St. Francis and it's so inspiring, but they are literally like eating ashes and living in holes in the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, How to bring that into our modern world where sure. for some people they might actually be called to some of that, like, I don't, sure. that type of lifestyle. But for a lot of us with families to care for and all that kind of stuff, it's not, yeah. What are some like modern ways we can bring, yeah, bring that into practice? Yeah, I, I, first of all, I, I think all of us, um, uh, we, you know, 
the Holy Spirit has has been at work in our world such that um, it's a good thing, it's a holy thing that we're all not still living in caves. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That this is this is a, these are good developments. Mm-hmm. You know, but with good developments comes distortions of it, yeah. which um, you know can make for uh, tragedy, uh, whether it be personal or spiritual or epic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, global. So um, I think for most folks, uh, appreciating the scripture passage that you read, as well as, you know, others, for example, you know, the, the, story, the story of the, uh, of the farmer who, um, you know, his, his, um, his crop had, had come in and it was a bountiful uh-huh. crop. And instead of, you know, what does he think about doing with that? You know that bountiful crop. He just builds a he bigger, builds a bigger barn, barn. You know, you know, and you fool. That night, his mm. you know, he, his life ends. You know, yeah. and so he was building for something here that he thought was mm-hmm. lasting. And so, I think that that's where the mentality for all of us, as we're trying to create a society that's more just, as we're trying to create a civilization that enjoys the goodness of music and art and sport mm-hmm. and and creation and and fun and and humor and and all the great things of li- love and all the great things of life um, as we're trying to enjoy those um, do they point us towards mm-hmm. something else and sometimes when you're in this in-between moment where you don't have all those ducks in in order when you don't have all your stuff around you when you when you're a little displaced it um, it forces you in that discomfort to remember, is there something bigger here? And, and so I think that's, that's where um, most regular folks uh, who maybe aren't called to be hermits, uh, <laughs> you know, have to then say, okay, then how can I live with a focus on something that's beyond this life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, the balance of not, not letting your focus become all of these worldly components. Um, it's not like an evil thing to to have things or to like live a comfortable life as long as like you're focused on the real life to come. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for us, you know, we, we're, we're moving, um, after gosh, I think almost 60 years in the basement of Duke chapel, <laughs> yeah. you know, our offices are moving out to the third floor of the flowers building where we're almost, uh, we're increasing our square footage by about 40%. Which is going to be great, and uh, so we'll have more space. We actually have windows, which oh, is good. Hallelujah! Which will be great. Um, so, you know, do I think that we shouldn't be moving into uh, you know a better space? Absolutely not. I think we should. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, at the same time, for what? Yeah. And and knowing that to get there, we've had to go through a little bit of trial. I think is a good spiritual exercise, mm. and we should. Uh, we should uh, embrace it mm-hmm. and align ourselves in some small, minuscule way with, uh, as I said, you know, the displaced people of the world. We're, we're by no means on any, you know, in any way in the same ballpark oh, as they course. are, but, um, but we should be thinking about them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I think about uh, this idea of, like, itinerancy and feeling like... Um, like you don't have a place or, um, you know, it's where you are is temporary. Taking that, you know, we talked about the, the healthy side of that and how that can like point us towards, towards Christ and life to come. But I think 
I've seen this like other unhealthy side of it where um, because we know it's temporary or something, we like don't bother to invest or like put down roots and yeah, have you seen that at all? So much. And, you know, specifically for the students that, that we deal with and most of the, our, our listeners who are, you know, somewhere in the educational world in mm-hmm. that, you know, 18 to 30 year old range where they're uh, either undergrads or, you know, graduate professional students, doctoral postdocs, you know, where um, at, at any moment you know that you're not here for you know, good, you know, like I'm, I'm here until who knows what, you know, you know, that there's a, there, there's a clock and it's ticking down. Yeah. Right. And so the temptation, as you say, put out very well is, well, I know I'm not going to be here forever. So why should I bother really investing myself here? My real life is (laughs) some, is somewhere else. And you know, what's interesting is that whole concept of where you call home, Mm. you know, and especially for undergrads, I think their, you know, home is where the parents are, mm. right? And I get that. I absolutely get that. But I, I wonder if we can't all be challenged, no matter where we are, to say, you know, the old adage, home is where my heart is. And mm. so I don't care if I'm on a plane flying across the country, you know, my home is mobile in that moment, yeah. you know, that where I am, that's where I'm, that's where I make my home. Mm. And to whatever extent I can, I try to put down some roots. I try to become a part of the local community. I try and exercise the muscle of investing mm-hmm. in without claiming. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. That's where this sense of itinerancy says, I'm here for you, but I don't have to possess this. Yeah. You see? So I, I think that that's a hard dynamic um, because the minute we invest, we claim it as our own, and then we begin to try to possess it. Can we, can we sort of just call ourselves out a little bit and say, I will, I will truly invest, I will put down roots, but I'm also willing to uproot myself and not claim this necessarily as my own possession so I can be ready to move on at the end of my studies. That's hard. It's very hard. But think of the alternative. The alternative is I'm in a place that that I I don't in any way claim. Yeah. And so I'm never really present Mm -hmm. fully, nor do I. And it's I claim I talk a lot of times I talk to grad students about this. It's a muscle. And if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. You know, it's like a foreign language, Mm -hmm. you know. And so the the more you just live like, well, I'm not going to be here that long. What you find yourself doing is you can come to a you know a point in your life where the last eight years or ten years of your life you've been living like that, yeah. Where you never really engaged, especially in a local parish community, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where you know oh sure you went to church there, but it wasn't your church. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting to me. I you know I, I'll be working with couples who are getting ready for for marriage, and I'll say you know what what's your what's your home parish, and and they tell me some you know some church in Cleveland. <laughs> that you know they haven't been to since you know they maybe go to home to, when they're the last time they were home you know but the, wait a minute you haven't lived in Cleveland in six years mm-hmm. you know how is that your you know so it's that dynamic yeah. of uh, if you don't use it you lose it yeah you know? when you think about like home parish too like 
Okay, like, once you get to a certain age, is it acceptable to just go home and bum around and be served by, like, everyone else in your family? Right. No. 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 Like, it, not at all. Right. Like, I can't go to, I mean, okay, sometimes I do at Thanksgiving a little bit because there's so many aunts and uncles mm-hmm. doing everything. But when I go home for Christmas, like, I'm cooking for my parents and things and doing doing stuff. Like, how is our home parish? Like, that should be the same dynamic, right? We don't just want to be, like fed and be bums and let everyone else take care of anything without sure the investment in in the local community Mm -hmm. whether that be your parish or a set of friends or in particular the you know the needs of local government or you know you know being concerned about you know where do you register to vote Mm -hmm. you know it's the same thing you know I, i live most of the time in durham but i i'm you know i'm voting in wisconsin you know like well, you don't live in Wisconsin anymore. You know, so even questions like that, which I'm sure have legal ramifications and the like, but to me it just bespeaks the yeah. sense of how much do I want to, to vest myself in this local community. I, I think it's a itinerancy does not say we take a pass on all of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that at all. It says we're, we don't possess and we're willing to move from place to place, but while we're there, we're fully present. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like as someone who's introverted myself, I've kind of used that as an excuse a lot of times. Like, I'm too shy. I'm too introverted. I'm not going to go and be a part of these groups or, like, put myself out there. It's just not who I am, putting that in quotation marks. Um, I realize that is such a cop-out. Sure. Like, it, you don't have to you don't have to be, like, the bubbly, engaging person who goes to everything. But, like, putting yourself out there and saying, I'll do this one thing. I will contribute to my, my community, my church, whatever, in this way. And it's simple things. Like, I, I mean, right now I, I have an office space that's a cubicle in the Smith Warehouse with mm-hmm. the, the folks that are working on, you know, maintenance and grounds I mean, like you know it's a, and so just getting to know some of the other people yeah. in some of the other cubicles knowing that uh, you know in some way they're probably looking at me like okay who's this guy and how long do we have to endure him yeah you know whereas the other is appreciating that um you know i, I want to get to know some of these people for however short a period of time that i'm there and mm-hmm. and to be a you know a presence you know so that it um it's a it's a blessing to them as well as to myself mm-hmm you know who's the best at this in our office? Ruthann. Oh, Ruthann, she makes, she throws herself in wherever she goes. Oh my gosh. She does. If, if you have never had the pleasure of meeting Ruthann, she is just the best. She's our business um, manager. manager. Right. And she has been, she's been involved in local government before. Mm-hmm. She like takes care of people at her parish. Her and her husband build like porches for people. Yeah. They like... I mean, yeah. Very active in Lions Club. She's you know she's got a yes. lot of civic activity. Oh my gosh! And I, and even even in our where we used to be in the basement of Duke Chapel, there were lots of other different groups that were there, mm-hmm. and she gets to know a lot of people, and you know is always organizing a potluck lunch and you know yeah. that type of thing that brings people together. She's very she's very good. Ruthie at that. is the best. She it, is. Yeah, really throwing herself in for the community. Yeah, I'm gonna take some lessons from her. She is. Wonderful. Well, we we hope you've enjoyed this uh, latest Friarside Chats as we talk about, you know, how to buy in without losing losing that ultimate goal of, you know, we're, we're here for the eternal life, not right. this. Uh, as good as it is and rich as it is, there's so much better to come.
So thank you for joining us. It's been fun. Please email us anytime with your thoughts, any questions you might have, or suggestions for future episodes. You can email me at erm13 at duke.edu. For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Fireside Chats is supported by many really wonderful, generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any other ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thanks, Father Mike. Thank you, Em. See you guys next time on Friarside Chats. Mm-hmm.